1: That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, guys,
0: it's Mackie. And since the Judd's Hockey Show crew doesn't let me actually come on their show and spew my hockey takes, I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite companies, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is all about helping your business reach new levels of success through risk management. Find out more about how Federated can help protect your business at FederatedInsurance.com federated where it's our business to protect yours Hockey, yeah. Yeah. my favorite it's judd's hockey show you know we've still got some things to clean up obviously with our our power play still so, like the first one was great curls shoots scores and then we try to get cute again and then it just get it there again get it there and and we didn't, but we, you know, that's something we can reinforce. And, uh, you know, we thought our penalty kill was was good tonight. We were aggressive. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've, we've got to reinforce a lot of things. Uh, but we need some rest here first and then uh, good practice and get after it again. Judd's Hockey Show. And I guess what Dean Everson was saying post-game after the Wild 4-2, a victory over Buffalo included an empty net goal by Ryan Hartman, was the special teams for the first time in a while didn't simply just suck. <laughs> Zolgad and Declan Goff. All right, Declan, uh, my first statement about last night's game um, in watching it was this, especially the third period, which I thought was impressive. Yep. That's the first winning playoff period that the Wild has played it in a long time. Like, I thought that that, that looked like a playoff game, and games do now. Like, that's just how games are, which is great. It's awesome to watch. But the third period of that game looked like a winning playoff period uh the line was fantastic i think that they charted 11 hits in the game um but this is so this is why the wilds slump is a little frustrating which included only four wins in 14 games going into last night the wild slump is frustrating to me because like what they did in the third period last night is not like an out-of-body experience it's they played they played really hard they played well they kept the puck uh largely in the, the Bruins zone, and the, you know Boston's won or had won ten to twelve, so they're damn good, and they're a good team. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that was, I think, that what we saw in the third period last night was a definite step in the right direction of what how this team needs to play for the rest of this homestand.
1: It, Jed, my my takeaway from it was it was kind of like a whole microchasm of their season summed up. Like they they get off to a two zero lead, right? They go up two zero, they blow that lead, it's tied two to two. They go into the third period. Tied still. Caril gets a couple goals, right? It looks good. And then you get some secondary scoring from Jordan Greenway, who obviously scores the game-winning goal. You hold off the Bruins in the third, and you win. And you get a, a nice, strong win. Um, It kind of was, it summed up the entire season where they got off to a hot start, right? They scored They scored two goals. They get a couple goals from their superstar. And Caril. their special teams, comes through. Their goaltending. I, I know Cam was fine. Or, uh, yeah, it was Cam. Yeah, Cam was fine yesterday. But, I mean, he wasn't spectacular, third he played,
0: but he played very no, well in the third. He played very well. the third. That, that third was, was the blueprint for what you want from
1: the And, game. exactly. So, that's where I say it, it, it's kind of like a microcast of their season where, I mean, they got the good goaltending when they needed it, but in general, um, it just felt like everything that's happened to them this season with them getting off to a hot start, blowing a lead, but still finding a way to win in the third period, yep. which is what they've been doing a lot this year. Yeah, it just kind of felt like their season wrapped up in one game.
0: Yeah, I think the imp- important thing to keep in mind is, how last night's game went against a good team on your home ice is probably indicative of how playoff games are going to, to go because mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of good and bad. And and the question, and this is one thing that the previous incarnation of this franchise could never do, when you are thrown bad, what happens? Do you fold? Do you come back and say bleep it? And I was really, I guess one of the biggest things that shocks me about the prolonged rough stretch that the Wild has just been through is. They folded way more than I thought. Like, I grew to expect that from Parisi and Suter and Coyle Coyle. and Nino. Like, I grew to expect them to be weak. Um, This team, I thought, oh, no, they won't be. And and I think that's what disappointed me. And that included goaltending. (laughs) That that included the whole thing. So, anyway, um, they're back in as of now because they're probably going to be flip-flopping with the uh, Preds for a few weeks. Back in third place, so they're back in a in a uh, non wild playoff position, and that leads us to so the wild will play again at uh, one p.m. on Saturday against the Blackhawks. So matinee hockey! I love matinee. I love of Saturday. Love matinee. matinee. matinee hockey. By the way, a Saturday matinee, I, I would, I would schedule those. I would try and get those all the time. Saturday, not Sunday. Um, and then at two p.m. Central Time on Monday, we have the national hockey league trade deadline which we've already started to see moves come in the wild started with a move that we have not discussed yet um they acquired i believe it was one season UND star Tyson Jost from the abs yep for Nico Sturm who i think it's safe to say this show was higher on last year and he had settled into a fourth line role um he had been scratched of late. I never got the feeling, I'm not sure about you, I never got the feeling that the GM and coach were all that enamored with Sturm. So this trade didn't shock me. But I'd really like to get your thoughts on this. What do the analytics say about this trade? Because the one thing with Bill Guerin, Dex, is I don't, he definitely had a key role in, in helping in Pittsburgh with that side of things. Yeah. But I mean, he's a long, long time player. Um, I'm sure he's got old school beliefs as well. So just to try to get a read on how driven his trades are going to be by by uh, gut instinct and by the statistics and the deeper dive on those things. Where does this trade, in your opinion, land as far as what it says about Bill Guerin?
1: My, my thought on Nico Sturm is um, he's developed into a very nice role player. He's a bottom six guy. You and I kind of want him to be more in the top six. He does have speed and size, right? But as as the season has progressed, I I was telling telling you multiple times over the last few months, like we, he's not going to be a top six guy ever. He just won't. And it's not because yeah. it's lack of opportunity. Just he's not he's not skilled enough to be a top six guy. It does not mean he can't have a very nice NHL career in, in his role. And I think that's why he's going to also be a very good si- in a situation in Colorado where you know what he is defined as. He's a great fourth liner. He's got size. He'll be fine there. Uh, in Colorado. I don't I get the sense that, and I know Michael Russo had the note that apparently they offered him, I believe, a long term extension team friendly to Sturm, and Sturm turned it down. So that tells me that I don't think Sturm was a bad person in the room. But Bill Guerin, I think, has more good judge of character than necessarily play on the ice. Like mm-hmm. as a GM, you take risks all the time when you make a trade, right? like remove the human error, just in terms of the on ice contributions. You're always going to be rolling the dice when you make any type of trade or signing, right? Like that there's a gamble involved in both those decisions, but I do tend to side with Bill Gearn when it comes to the human side and the off the ice characteristics. And I don't, again, not to apply, imply that Stern was a bad person in the room, but when he turns down that potential offer, that just kind of says to me that, well, you're really not in on what we're trying to build here then. And if Bill Garen Guerin, Bill Garen's also not going to waste any time with any BS. So if he right. can get someone with Tyson Jost, and Jost, who's a former top 10 overall pick, yeah, just the one year at UND but was a stud, um, mm-hmm. there's still upside to his game. And the way he talked about Jost in his first post-game scrum about him and said that there's still something there. He was buried in Colorado. Like, J- Jost wasn't playing fourth line because he's a fourth-line player. Where, where, where else are you going to put him in? I believe I was, was it Kevin Weeks or trying to figure out who I was watching on ESPN the other day, might've been Drager actually where they were talking about, I mean, it's not that Joseph was a bad person in Colorado. It's just like, who would you play him above there? He, he has no one. There, there's no one above him that you can say, Oh, he should be playing above Tadri. He should be playing above Landis guy. are playing above McKinnon, right? Like how do you, how do you plug him into that team and give him top six minutes? You just can't because there's log jams in front of him. Um, so I, I think the trade for Jost for Sturm, straight up, just a, a hockey trade, I think is a very intriguing trade. Um, and I think eventually they're going to give Jost a run um, outside of that fourth line. And I, I believe, and I don't think anyone, this isn't a hot take either, I have more trust that he's going to find his game and be a long-term contributor than Frederick Goudreau is. Like, Goudreau's a placeholder. Goudreau's a, a solid placeholder. You know what you're getting there. But, that. but Jost... Joe has something to his game that hasn't been explored yet because he's been buried in colorado but i, and I will say too last thing on just on Joe's before I, I give you some analytics on this stuff i mean he's 20 just turned 23 years old two days ago or 24 and he's played already in 40 playoff games he's been with colorado for the last four years so he's a young kid he's been in playoff moments he's got some scoring touch to him but he probably needed to change the scenery and I'm I'm curious on what he's able to do here because I do think there's something to be unlocked with his game.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Sturm too is is this trade was not this is not a deadline move made on on um, making a huge difference for 2022. This is a trade made to your point when Sturm balked at the contract, and I don't blame him. It's clear he was going to walk it's clear at that point in time that the wild with its upcoming what three seasons of salary cap problems ahead wasn't going to keep him so this this trade is not a a last second deadline move because oh my goodness a shakeup of the fourth line is going to, to help i think this had as much or more to do with and if i'm not mistaken jost is signed at Uh, It's a $2 million cap it next season. Mm -hmm. So he's he's more expensive than Sturm was this season, but he's locked in and, and there's cost certainty there. So, yeah, I don't think that this is the first move of the deadline moves of, oh, the team has improved. This is done to give the kid a chance here. I think that the thought is, to your point, that he can go up a line or two and score. But the reality is it's also a nod to, this is the type of deal that we're going to see now because if the wild can't keep you and you're going to be free to walk away for the next few years, Declan, they're going to have to explore the option of trading you quickly.
1: Right. Um, And digging into the analytics a little bit on this trade, because I know, yeah, you you were talking off Mike, because you were curious on, on what they've said and and what kind of what the analytics look like for both these players. So, Defensively, actually, it's it's about a wash. It's about the same. Um, analytically, they've been about the same player defensively because they've been playing fourth-line minutes, and they haven't been a detriment to their team defensively. Nico Sturm has created technically more offense and driven more offense than Jost has, um, but I also believe Jost wasn't surrounded by the best fourth-line teammates. And he also, his game overall, isn't suited to be being a fourth-line player. So. Sure offensively yes there is a little bit of a drop off in the analytics that suggests that Sturm has been a better offensive player than Jost but Jost is a top 10 pick a guy who has offense to his game and if you give him better line mates and teammates I'm going to guess that Jost is going to end up finishing and being a better offensive player than Nico Sturm is in the long run now what I don't want to see is him just being bogged down in that fourth line, right? With like Bugsted, And if Connor Dewar is coming in and out of the lamp, like I don't want to see that. I would rather give him run with a Fiala and Boldy and see what you can do there. I understand that the coaching staff loves them. Some Frederick. Yeah, that's Udrow. not
0: going to happen. This, this, Unless Goudreau gets hurt, that will not happen until at the earliest next
1: but season. Then, but then how come Bill Guerin basically said, no, our our goal is essentially to give him a, a, an extended look and not next, just on the fourth line? Next season. I, see, I guarantee you that. So good. so I I actually disagree with you. I I think eventually he's going to get look with Fiala and Boldy at some point in the next coming weeks. Not, not tomorrow, not on Saturday when they get yeah. on the ice next. But in the coming weeks, he's going to get run outside that fourth line.
0: Goudreau would have to get hurt. I'm convinced of that. They love, I mean, Dean, right or wrong, loves the guy, absolutely loves him. And and Dean has, so Dean is very old school. There, there's one thing that you do not see, I don't think, from the majority of coaches that you used to see consistently, too. And that is love of the lines. I mean, everybody else here, starting with Jacques, would shake up lines in a heartbeat. Like he'd get mad and, and shake them up within the period. And Declan, think about the stability here. Like this team has genuinely, you know, for the last, what, month, month plus struggled. And we have not seen, we saw a Hartman. Hartman was taken off briefly as the center from that top line and Eck was put up there. And I think within that same game, they went back to the previous line. line. So um, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with you at all. But I don't think that we will see Tyson jos get a chance to to move up from his line, because he is certainly not going to be unless again Eck gets hurt, move to the Greenway Felino line until next year. Because Dean I I mean, I bet if you look at the at the um um line statistics, I bet the wild is among the top three in like line combinations, time together. Yeah. For the season,
1: yeah, he doesn't break them up really. He he doesn't touch them too much. Think about that,
0: yeah. Think about because I mean, Yozy, he'd break them up in a second. Yeah, boots, boots love to break them up. Um, just for a reference point, Tyson Jost came into the league in 2016 17 with the abs. He played six games. His career high in goals came in 17 18. He had 12, he had 11. The next, he has not scored more than nine since then. And his career high in points was in 1819 when he had 26. So yes, he does need a, a chance. Um, all right, continuing on the trade threads. I saw this uh tweet that came out from Darren Dragger. I believe it was this morning. I I was it was forwarded to me. Let me see what time. Yes, at 7:40 this morning, Darren Dragger who is an insider for TSN in Canada, very plugged in, said action around Boston College forward Jack McBain is heating up. His playing rights will be traded by the wild to a club he's willing to sign with multiple teams eager to acquire the 22 year old. A second round pick has been the ask maybe more now. So it it certainly seems like if the wild is going to make a trade, that's going to impact the roster, which I think that they will um that Jack McBain will be a key part which then begs the question then are they going to package him in a in a deal as as a centerpiece type so your return is going to be I would guess okay but not great I'm just curious what the I'm curious what we're going to see from Bill Guerin as far as as trades go and it comes back to this too Dex um I will continue to say that I think the the order for the needs and the probably realistically i think they would go defenseman first goalie second because i don't know that they're going to give up the price there because they i i'm with you i don't trust talbot or capo center third and i actually think a center now is probably the most likely thing off the table like i i would be I, I've gone from, hey, I fully expect that they're going to get a guy that can win some draws, to I'd really be surprised if that trade is made.
1: So if they trade Jack McBain, and, and it sounds like the Wild are seeking a second-round pick in return uh, for that, that would give the Wild essentially three picks between the first two rounds, two of them coming in the second round. Um, As it's currently constructed, the Wild right now have a pick in every round, and they have two in the fifth round. So they have at least one pick. They have a pick in the first, second, third, fourth, sixth, And actually, they have no seventh round pick. So they have two fifth round picks, but they have picks in rounds one through four. If they get a second round pick for Jack McBain, that gives them, you know, two second round picks, most likely. One of those picks would then obviously, I think, be used as a poker chip to then potentially get something else at the trade deadline. Whether that's them giving up their second round pick or the newly acquired second round pick in the Jack McBain trade, one of those two and potentially both, I guess, could be used uh, as trade chips to get something you want um i I still think it's a goalie uh, I, Garrett I know said that he still trusts them, even though the numbers suggested i shouldn't trust them. I love that he has the awareness of he knows that it that it hasn't been good enough and I think eventually if the price either comes down on flurry or comes down on someone else, they have to pull a trade for a goaltender they just, they They just have to like i i i would i know they need size defensively and and Matt dumba i mean my god i i don't know what the hell is going yeah, on with um, him. I was, I was listening. I was listening to the right. to, uh, to Joe O'Donnell and and Tom Reed yesterday, and and during the third period on the power, on the, it was on the four on four, and he dumps the puck mid. And, and Reed was perplexed, like, "What is up with Dumba?" He wasn't just that he play. He was he saying what, point something. Point. Something is something's up. Not like yeah. he's hurt. So, like mentally, something yeah. doesn't seem right with his, the decisions and the and the even on the first goalie gave up. Like Dumba, that's your guy. Like, it, yeah. it it it. There's something missing in his game. Regardless, though. I personally think you still got to go get a goalie. You you just have to.
0: I think the price is. I think the price is going to be too high. There's there's teams. If the Oilers do not get a goalie before two p.m. Central Time Monday, Ken Holland should be immediately fired. <laughs> like there, that's incredible. That that makes Talbot and Koppel look like. Uh, look like Espo and Trediak in goal. I right. mean, they are, and, and I know Koskinen's stats have improved. I don't trust him one bit. Toronto's an in- interesting one because the kid that they just started in goal, is, is it uh, uh, Shalman? He's a Swedish kid. Yep. Got a shutout in his first game or in his first start. It was his uh, second game. He played really well, but I don't know, you know, that is hashtag incredibly small uh, sample size, but there are teams that need goaltenders the only question is there's going to be a few out there available unfortunately for the wild because of their cap problems they're probably not going to to want to trade for a goaltender with term left which then brings you back to a guy like mark andre fleury
1: so i uh, two names in my opinion to keep uh, an eye out if i'm a wild fan that aren't mark andre fleury and this team as the wild have been scouting with them a ton is ottawa um anton forsberg could be someone
0: i believe that he has moved no, he's out now. Um, he's out. So, so no, Murray got hurt. He's out. They're they're actually working with Forsberg on, on a contract extension now. Are they? So he's prob he's probably out. Okay. I saw the uh, I saw a friend of the show,
1: plans. Puck Daddy, was put out his list this morning, and he's he still believes he's an under the radar guy that could t- potentially be moved.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. I I read a, a story from uh, the paper in Ottawa today that Murray might have like. A concussion again he, he's had a bunch and yeah. so there's a genuine concern mm-hmm. that, that he won't be able to play again the rest of the season and Forsberg who I think has struggled of late but had a good season is not that expensive so they're right. actually trying he's a UFA to and he makes him. yeah he, he would have been ideal he'd be ideal yeah
1: I and I would but, I, I would I would still kick the can. Though, like I wasn't going anywhere oh, I sure, I, I, sure. I, w- I would I would at least make the call I would at least make the call and the other yep. the other forward I'm curious on, um, I, I know we said we don't believe a signer's gonna be traded here, but and I know he's in the division, but what are they what are, what is Winnipeg gonna do with, with Andrew Cop? What are they gonna do with him?
0: Are I they gonna trade him? You know, like they're like, such a weird team, Dex. Yeah. They're such a weird team. They are I don't understand them. Like they are at they are right now at a major crossroads, right? Yeah. Because they've had a terrible year, but then they pop up. And they shouldn't be this bad. It's a really weird yeah. club.
1: Last thing, too, from from our guy, Puck Daddy, uh, Greg washinsky at ESPN. And, and to prove the point of you that the goaltenders market's getting too hot for the Wild, he has the winners and losers category today. And he has winners as Cam Talbot and Kapo Cockney. Uh, last thing on this, he says Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin gave his goaltenders another vote of confidence on Tuesday, saying that he trusts their character and being able to level up their game. And while that might be code for the prices for replacement goalies are way too high. It's a nice mm-hmm. bit of job security on a very good hockey team for these net miners. So both Greg Wachinski and Judd Zolgat agreeing, um, kind of seeing and it's kind of reading the tea leaves between Bill Guerin of it's not necessarily that he has full trust in his goaltending. It's it potentially his code for, I'm not paying the price to get and get another one in here.
0: That's my fear. Yep. Yeah. Um, And cop, Cop didn't play in the Jets game on Tuesday night against the Golden Knights because of an upper body injury, but it's not clear how significant that, that is. Uh, Jacob Chikorin, who would be ideal, he's he probably get, gets moved not here. I believe he suffered an ankle injury that they thought was really serious yeah. last week, and it's not as bad now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be – Monday's going to be great but the prices are always high.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we'll be and Judd's Hockey show will be ready to break it down. I mean, I'm sure we might even if 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 oh, nothing if nothing comes out in the call. in the last half hour or 30 minutes of that deadline, Judd and I will probably be ready to react live or if something does happen, we'll obviously be ready to break that down as well. So um, so Judd's Hockey right. show always ready for trade
0: deadline, baby. We're ready to oh, rock. Oh god, we love the moves. Free mm-hmm. agency, trades, reckless speculation. I'm Judd. He's Dex. I believe he's got a clip to play. Yeah, one more clip. The actually, what a game.
1: Hit the subscribe button okay. on this YouTube channel. Apple, Spotify, com. We'll talk to you.
0: Listen. You guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. F*** that. This is about f- winning.